spoiler alert. This is the only fucking podcast about the Sopranos. So what, no fucking ZD now? Tonight on No Fucking ZD, we'll be talking about getting to know the Sacramonies, the Taliban using burner phones, and apologizing in the mafia. Zip right over on the GW. It's an all-new episode of No Fucking ZD. Great tune there. Great tune. It's great for the car. The yeah. Open road. <laughs> Hit Route 66. Oh, yeah. That song's actually called Vesuvio. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Nuevo Vesuvio. Uh, <laughs> I did not know. Uh, well, you guessed it. There's another episode of No Fucking ZD, guys. Here we are. Welcome. I've accepted it. Yeah. They, they say there's denial, anger, acceptance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, ZD. Podcast. <laughs> ZD. <laughs> That's the uh, life. Yeah. Welcome, guys. Uh, we're talking about The Weight today, uh, season four, episode four. It's a good one. It's, it's a, a real good one. It's a heavy, heavy episode. Yeah. <laughs> In a couple ways, that's for sure. Some might say an extra large episode. I would I would agree. I, I'm one of those people who say it, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a really good episode. I, I, I've again said this like a hundred thousand times and don't know how many I can, how many times I've, I've repeated myself. Just squeeze but it out. Is this, this is maybe like a top episode, top 86, possibly top 10. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it's up there. It's certainly one of the best episodes of this season. Definitely. But definitely. I do think that the second half of this season, which we basically just embarked on, that's not a mathematical second half. That's like a, yeah. you know, I think that the show just like finished puberty mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Had a couple of rough ones in there, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that there's some cool shit happening now. There's Agreed. I think the rest of this season is really when the show really comes into its own. <laughs> I know, well, finally. I, I mean that seriously. Finally. I know. <laughs> I mean that seriously, though, because yeah. we finally get this, like, so it's sort of Tony against the world, mm-hmm. you know, he's alienating everybody, but yep. kind of cool with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, things are, uh, this is kind of like... Not just the second half of the the season, but like of the series, probably. You know, like things are starting to really kind of like work towards the uh, end game here, and uh, you definitely get a little darker and um, literally, literally darker. Yeah, it's definitely like as far as looks go, it's like it's really the look of the series for the rest of the the series. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, we're a long way from like those like super low angle, uh, you know. Red, red shots yeah. from season one. It's like a much darker, like autumnal tone. Can I say that? It's like an English patient vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a really good one. And uh, as always, I mean, this is something we could also probably say about every episode. But it's it's a super funny one. And um, yeah, I mean, it's also uh, it's also pretty violent right from the get go, right from the uh, from the first scene. I love which- that because you know what? I think that uh, that Johnny Sachs is one of the coolest characters and we really rarely see, he's usually the voice of reason. Yeah. And yeah. so it's kind of cool because this has been, you know, maybe we thought before that it was kind of going to start bubbling up because Polly's pissing in his ear. Yeah. Um, as Polly would say. Um, but, you know, it, it really, I love these episodes where it's just like we're right, Right in the middle of this thing, right mm-hmm. off the bat, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. And uh, and I I just love how Johnny's staring at this dude. He's like, look at that dumb fucking face. Yeah. What's he laughing at? Actually, this episode and the next one both sort of start with scenes where P 
people are in bars kind of imagining that other people are talking about them. What's the next one? The next one is where uh, uh, it starts out. The the next one is uh, it's the scene where uh, Polly or sorry, Silvio and Tony visit uh, the crazy horse. Uh, Right. And and Adrian is getting super paranoid. Right. 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 Um, But it's kind of interesting. The synergy doesn't escape me. Interesting. Yes, that is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's the first scene is is certainly out there and uh, kind of unexpected. I mean, and uh, it's it's yeah, like like I said, usually Johnny is a little more reasonable, but we see his temper and and uh, full form right away. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty brutal beatdown, you know, for people who like. It's kind of interesting because, like, for people who think that season four doesn't have a lot of violence, which I guess like comparatively it doesn't. It doesn't have a lot of like whackings. It's like it's a it's <laughs> whackings. A, whackings. <laughs> is is that what the is that what the guys they have to bag up in in autumn the lawn whackings? Yeah, right, yeah. right. That's okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 uh, it reminds me a lot of like that first uh scene from um Fortunate Son when uh Mustang Sally beats uh I can't remember the guy's name now. Uh, Spatafor. Uh, Spatafor, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot like that. You know, it's just like a out of nowhere brutal scene. Yeah, um, I know. And then he pees on him. I know. Just yeah. to like. Take it up one extra little, like a half a notch. Yes. Even. He buys him a drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it's it's uh, it's it's. I wouldn't want that hap- to happen to me. You? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't. What part of Manhattan were they in? Uh, they're on Mulberry Street. Oh, which so is like I, little Italy, which is very little nowadays. You're going to get peed on. It's got to be in Chelsea, I feel like. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's, that's, where you, that's where you can ask for it. Right, yeah. Close to where we are now. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Don't get any ideas. All right. <laughs> I got my own drinks. But like, it's interesting because this shows a side of Johnny that we don't see all that often. Yeah. He loses his temper, but we also kind of are reminded, you know what? None of these guys are innocent here. Mm-hmm. They're all psychopaths. Mm-hmm. He loses his mind. But um, there's a lot of like wife stuff happening also mm-hmm. in, in this series. I mean, maybe season three was like the season of parentage, as you pointed out four or 500 times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'll point it out again. Uh, season three was about parentage. <laughs> Thank you. Good. Okay. Um, uh, but, Season four, I think, is about about you know wifely duties and stuff. You yeah, know what I mean, because sure. we're there's a lot of there's a lot going on in terms of like with Carmela and and Karen Bacala dying. Mm-hmm. That's disrespectful. Karen Bacalieri, <laughs> right? I call her Bacala when she's dead. <laughs> um, and that, and you know, and then now this stuff with Ginny. This is like an episode essentially about Ginny, yeah, and their relationship. And we learn a lot about it. He's like very defensive about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is really surprising because, like, I, I mean, I guess like defending your wife's honor is probably something they all at least imagine they would do, but like, but none of them do. None of them do. Um, they're all fucking around on their wives. I guess Johnny probably has too. I mean, let's not let's not like. Yeah, it's, it's 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 one of those things where we don't know that much about him, but no one explicitly says that. Yeah, but I'm trying to think. Like, I feel like there's been one or two quick shots of just them with out uh, with girls, and like there's one next to Johnny, right? I feel like I don't think I I can't think of one. Not in the like a hotel room, or I guess the New York guys leave when the steward is where the sorry the flight attendants uh, show up at the beginning of that. <laughs> Come on, it's 2016. You're right. Sorry, <laughs> um, but I would still imagine that. At some point in time, at least, you know, Johnny Sack's a powerful guy in New York. Uh, sure. You know, I don't know. I mean, but he talks about, um, what's the episode where he's talking about all of the, 
the the dis, the disgusting like lesbian show and the horrors and stuff. Oh yeah, when in, in when they're having the power struggle in the next season. Yeah. Uh, after 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 Carmine dies, mm-hmm. he's talking about how little Carmine like had this like disgusting lesbian show and all this stuff. Oh, his. So his, I don't like, know. He's a little holier than thou about this stuff, regardless of whether he's fucking around or not. He definitely is kind of holier than thou. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and I, you know, it at least seems like he genuinely cares about Ginny and it's really interesting to have a mob guy not care about like essentially having a trophy wife, if you will, you yeah. know, like uh, it, at the end of the episode, um, he really just flat out says, or a couple times throughout the episode, he just flat out says he's never really cared about her weight. You know, that's yeah. something that she cares about. So it is, it's weirdly sweet <laughs> after we see him, uh, yeah. you know, piss on a guy's face. He's got this other side. <laughs> um, yeah, he does. He really has a softer side, yeah. I guess. Um, but like, the, yeah, but the interesting thing is that, I mean, like Carmela is an interesting person for Tony because she's also like, she's a good wife, you know what I mean? And, right. and she's, she's smarter than most of them. Uh, but the thing is that, like, the interesting thing about uh, Ginny and Johnny, I guess, mm. are, I guess are their names, <laughs> if you say them together. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny to put it that way. Uh, I, the interesting thing about them to me is, like, when they're actually yelling at each other at the end of the episode. Yeah. And Johnny's like, do you realize what you've done? Mm-hmm. Like, and she's like, "Why? What? what's going on? Like, why are you yelling at me? Right. And I'm like, they seem to have, like, actually a really sweet relationship because, like, it's not that out of the ordinary to, like, raise your voice at each other when you're in a relationship. At least right. not at my house. You right, know what right, I mean? Right, right. Like, pass the salt, you know, like, <laughs> even for, like, dumb stuff. But it's kind of kind of a sweet relationship. I don't know. Yeah. I like, it doesn't seem to be fake to me. No, I, I don't think it is. Um yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't think it is. I just wonder if, like, occasionally Johnny is, he is still a mob guy and it is, like, encouraged to kind of, you know, have your grimoire and, and whatever else. I, who knows? But yeah, but I agree. Yeah, I think that Johnny really does love Ginny. Uh, definitely loves his daughters quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're also Ruben esque. Or yes, one of them is. One of them is. Yep. One. Yeah. One. Um, the other one is Picasso esque. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, I, I just can't really see the other guys going to such lengths to defend their wives, especially if like someone flat out said, well, there's a lot of money on the line, the way that Carmine Sr. basically lays it out. Like when, you know, because essentially Johnny wants to kill Ralphie because Ralphie's made this joke a couple episodes back. Well, I love uh, how confused yeah, that's, Carmine that's is. It's a great scene. Like no one <laughs> understands why he's so pissed. Like they get it. Yeah. But. The far the the furthest that Carmine will go is to say that it was un. Let's agree that it was unkind. <laughs> but like he keeps going, like you want to kill. Like did he fuck her? Like what's going on? I don't understand. Like explain this to me. And he's like, no, you know. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and yeah, forcing him to just re- to retell the joke and then like the implication, like he has to explain what the implication is, just is just amazing too. Well, yeah, because Carmine is a little bit like you know he's he's supposed to be portrayed as not super sharp. Yeah, I guess so. He seems to be a pretty good boss, though, or pretty yeah. effective, uh, you know. He's got a good poker face. Like, I love that phone mm-hmm. call that he makes to Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get the feeling that the New York guys, I mean, the whole Ginny thing notwithstanding, do you get the feeling that the New York guys, now that we're talking about, you know, how much extracurricular pussy the Jersey dudes get? Right. And how little we know about, other than uh, other than Little Carmine, who we haven't met yet. Um, I guess we haven't, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I just love every second with that guy. But um, yeah, but it's interesting, like how little we see the New York guys going after like coups, essentially. Mm. And um, do you, do you think that they're a little bit more sophisticated as a family in that they seem to be a little bit more focused on the money 
maybe. I mean, I definitely feel like they're supposed to be a, a bigger operation so that, yeah. you know, they're almost like the corporate branch of the mob, <laughs> you know, that, that yeah. these, they're, I mean, they're much bigger family. You know, we learn way, or, way down the line just how many people they have. They have, you know, just hundreds of foot soldiers that I don't think the Soprano family has. No, definitely not. And yeah, I think, I think they're supposed to kind of be like the, they're the big fish really, you know? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But then again, I, I kind of think it's one of those things that if we followed them for a season, you would see all the, the family disorder and, and everything else. Like, and yeah, I'm like sure. That. Um, Cause I mean, little Carmine would, would be involved a lot more and we, you know, uh, I can't wait for. Can we just jump to some little Carmine? I business? would love to, but yeah, I, I was thinking about that. I guess we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him at all on the show yet, right? Yeah, and also speaking of which, we haven't. We've barely gotten any Polly this season. I keep swearing that the next episode is going to be the one where it opens and Polly gets home. Yeah, that's the opening scene of right. that episode, right? Yeah, I but think it that's just two from now. Keeps not happening. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we go back and we watch and we watch, and yet still it doesn't happen. <laughs> we until have it no happens. idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so anyway, I mean, there's there's a lot of great stuff here when things really get in motion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, for one, like all the sit downs about this whole situation are great. Uh, Ralph Sofredo yeah. is a snake as always and, and kind of amazing i love like his introduction in this episode when he comes in and is just talking about like he, like framing it so that it sounds like janice is the one who wanted to like shove the dildo up his ass yeah <laughs> you know he's and meanwhile he's saying that to Vito. i know who's probably like eh. <laughs> <laughs> no they should call her actually I, and and for that matter who else is there eugene, eugene like eugene yeah. might like it too like who knows yeah that's they all, okay they all might be like eh, <laughs> sounds well, i'm gonna rad. give janice a call yeah exactly yeah um big j but you know, it, Ralph is causing a lot of problems, but of course, it does come down to the money. I mean, that's why really no one wants to get rid of him, except for Johnny, I guess. Well, um, and that's why Johnny gets put in the crosshairs, because and right. that's, that's what I mean. It's like, you know, people could see what Carmine was trying to do as sort of heartless, but it's also like, if you get back to this narrative, again, yeah. with the money. Right. You know. Which, is, which, you know, that's kind of the other, like, main, I guess, subplot or sub-theme of the season is just everyone's so concerned about money. I mean, right from the get-go, we have an episode with a title that's that's on one of the dollar bills, or just one dollar bill in the United States has, has, has for all debts public and private on it. All debts public um, and private. Yep. <laughs> but, that's very American. Yeah, but, you know, uh, everyone's kind of feeling, I think, like, the other joke of this title is, like, people feeling the weight of just all kinds of stress, and, and one of them is definitely finance for sure boy i feel it yeah i bought these new white shoes and i'm walking around like they look trying, great though. trying to avoid shit <laughs> i don't want to step in horse poop eventually you just you just let go you just have to accept it <laughs> and you just jump around in horse poop the weight um so i mean that's why ralphie's gonna be able to stick around for at least a couple more episodes no spoilers obviously i mean and we also haven't seen the show so as far as we know he makes it to the end Who we don't knows? spoil right easy um but uh but, but yeah no, ralph is really good i love i love like when he actually gets invited in. I mean, oh, so I guess we should go back and we should talk about yeah. the gamesmanship that Tony shows. Yeah, let's break it down. With that, still break it down. <laughs> uh, the gamesmanship that Tony kind of, Tony gets this. He knows how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. He knows how to not piss Johnny off more. His strategy is really on target. Mm -hmm. And Ralph fucks it up. Yeah. Even more. You know yeah, what I mean? He's like, time. he's like, no, trust me. And I feel like Ralph has kind of a big head that he's still around and Tony's so nice to him because he makes him so much money. Yeah. And I think that Ralph sort of overestimates himself in terms of like, uh, 
cultural value. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Yeah. He's a bottom line. He's a big money bag. Exactly. And so he's, I, th- I think that when Tony's like, don't apologize, I love the acting like between, uh, between Joey Pants and James Gandolfini in mm-hmm. that scene where they're like, Tony's like listening. And he's like, don't do it. No, come on. You know what I mean? Yep. A scene and, that essentially couldn't happen today, by the way, because mm-hmm. everyone's on cell phones and you can't listen into someone's conversation like that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Younger People watching mm-hmm. the the episode probably are like, "Why is he on another phone? Is he yeah. like pretending to be on the phone?" Yeah, that's what he was doing. <laughs> just he was he was on a separate phone call there, actually. It's a BCC just, phone. Yeah, um, but it's really good because like you know, Ralph is like, "No, no, no I'm going to go out on a limb," and he says, "You know, if that's what it takes, I'll apologize." Basically, right? Which, which fucks him. Which fucks him up. It's so bad. Yeah, and it, it's kind of like I was thinking about that. That's kind of like a weird like work lesson in a way there's yeah, been plenty no of times shit, right? i've fucked up at work and there's been a few times i've apologized and i feel like that almost weirdly makes it worse because then they're like well what's he sorry about and then they kind of remember that like if you fuck up and at in, you know obviously don't be in the mafia but if you fuck up like at work you know it's kind of better to just be like just to roll with it in a way and just like, be like keep fuck your head you yeah i totally agree and i think that i think that there's also something to be said like you know there are all these scenes uh throughout the show where um, they'll be talking to someone and there and there's someone they're talking to a civilian mm-hmm. or even just themselves, but they say so little and just change the subject and they just don't really give any details on anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's a really interesting thing. Like there's a scene with with uh, Janice and Junior when Junior is is lamenting the fact that Bobby, you know, hasn't gotten shit together and. Janice is prime, but it doesn't say anything. And we'll talk more about that when we get there. But, okay. Um, but I don't know. It just struck me how how little they say. Yeah. And how Ralph totally fucks up that whole, like, that whole vibe, you know, like the way that they do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of posturing and, and, yeah. and yeah. And, um, but also that's, I feel like that's kind of just, that's one of the things that makes the show so true to life is that most of the time people don't really confront each other like it usually happens a lot like this you know yeah. where it's like things bubble bubble you know bubble up for just weeks and weeks months and months or even longer than that no one really says anything and then you know there's just an explosion of some kind of dramatic like fight or you know in, in the mob against violence and mm-hmm, stuff like that mm-hmm. um it's it's very sopranos that they don't that they don't want to really say anything that they won't say anything to each other that they're so backhanded about it right and like like that phone call between Carmine and Tony is a lot like that scene between Ralphie and Tony when they're talking about getting rid of Jackie Jr. You know, it's, right, it's right. so much said without anything being said at all. Yeah, um, and Ralphie doesn't stick to that. He's kind of a loudmouth. He tries to put his cards on the table. Right. But his like f- his feeling for humans is really shitty. Yeah. You know what I mean? He like <laughs> yes. can't he's like very he's got a lot of problems, that kid. Yeah. And like <laughs> and he yeah. like he can't feel he can't gauge the situation right. And then also he tries to tell Tony that he doesn't remember saying it. Yeah. Which is also clearly bullshit. Right. Yeah. But like weirdly the right thing to do, you know, like cause But he it, says it in this way where he's like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously Tony's like the biggest bullshitter himself, so he's gonna call him out on that. But, yeah, that's true. But it was a you know, it was a good try, at least Ralphie, real good try. But at the same time though, he's kinda, you know, in the back of the bing when they're freaking out about having to get, to kill Johnny. Um, and you know, it's just, it's like, Tony's just lamenting that, oh, it's all over a joke. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know, Ralphie's says, I was just fucking around and he was just fucking around. It, it really shouldn't be a, a, 
life or death thing, you know, it's, it's Johnny is being unreasonable to some extent. Yeah. But I think that the, the main problem here is that, I mean, and this is one of the great things about having a guy like Ralph around for so long in the series Yeah, is that you get the, you can feel it that like every once in a while, some, like there's some bullshit that comes up around him. Yeah. And this one wasn't like his fault per se, because Johnny is overreacting. Right. But he told the joke and then he handled it wrong. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. And, and let's not take any blame off of Polly. You know, I was just going to say, we don't see yeah. him once in this whole episode, but he is the catalyst for all of this. All of it. Yeah. Even the, um, I mean, even just stuff about the finances, right? I mean, that's like, it's him. The Freeling Highs and Avenue stuff. Yeah. That, that's yeah. all coming from him. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, Tony never really finds out. I mean, years from now, there'll, there'll be a scene where Tony sort of confronts Polly about it. So I guess like somewhere deep down, he knows. And Polly does the right thing. Exactly. He completely, he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Exactly, Get the yeah. fuck out of my face. You know? Yeah, which I feel like that's what that, so I guess that's the the long and short of what I'm trying to say is like Polly, he sort of does it right by like standing up to it and being like, nope, I didn't say that. I don't know what you're talking about. Like Tony at least knows sort of where he stands with Polly or, and where Polly stands with him. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, that or he's e- more or of a stand up guy or even unquote. the scene where, um, where, uh, Tony confronts Syl or Syl confronts Tony or whatever about like the roofing tiles and the, right, the right, right. high speed internet, you yeah. know, <laughs> <laughs> um, Brought to you by, uh, like it, that's one of those scenes where like Silvio is copping to it, but mm. he's like not saying it. He's like timeline got fucked up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he commute. It's that's an amazing scene because he communicates so much, including like I I get it, I did this wrong, right? But I'm not saying that I did this wrong because like Tony's always saying, "How's it going to look?" So he's not. So Sil's never going to say, "I directly disobeyed you," right? Even though they both know he did, right? And then he's saying timeline got fucked up i don't know i don't know yeah, yeah yeah even though they do know those it's so pro <laughs> that's, that's the only way i can put it it's very slick you yeah know? exactly yeah exactly they're just playing i mean you know yeah they're playing by a certain set of rules ralphie's kind of playing by his own and i feel like that's one of the things among many many things that pisses so many people off about ralphie in yeah. the show i mean I love yeah. him as a character well and it's why his it's why his days are numbered because he doesn't know how to handle this stuff they are <laughs> god damn it um but like you know I, I mean and we'll talk about this when we get to this episode where mm-hmm. he dies um ralphie and, <laughs> uh, uh but you know he handles the 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 pile my situation wrong too yeah i guess you know? so. yeah the so what right so what yeah yeah good point So what very good point you never say so what in the mafia yeah exactly yeah you you just do it Sylvia. yeah exactly that's a really really great point dropping the mic um, it's on a stand, but I just dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> that costs a lot of money. Let's pick it up. Um, sp- I mean, ultimately, no one ends up getting killed in the episode, but there's a... Uh, it's so fucking close. We get so many sanctioned hits this yeah. season that don't happen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, which, so that's, that's. I, I don't know what's better. Like, I kind of love that, actually. Yeah, I, me too. I love that tension. You know, like that scene on the elevator, I, I remember the first time seeing it, it was like super intense when that dude is staring at Ralphie and Ralphie's staring back. Like yeah. that's almost more effective to me than just a bunch of people getting shot, you know, like yeah. not knowing what the fuck's going to happen. And, and I love the casting in that scene too. I got to say this, <laughs> like this like half Asian guy with like bleach tips <laughs> or frosted tips or whatever. And like he pulls up in a convertible and I love how he valet parks his car when he's going to go assassinate Ralph. I know. I Jesus. don't know if anybody else noticed that, but it's Miami. Even and like the cocks men, the gun in like broad daylight. Well, too. I mean, that's also one of those like television things I know, where right. it's like, oh, so this guy is a thing. Yeah. 
yeah. Even the Sopranos had to do some shorthand every once in a while, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't mind that, but I just love the fucking stare down. It's great. It's so great. And I, yeah, it's just one of those cool, like, you know, like Ralphie obviously doesn't know. Maybe mm-hmm. he has an idea, but he, he doesn't really know. Um, but just those cool, random, totally weird lifelike coincidences that they just always nailed on this show. You well, know? and I was going to say, though, because we really rarely get one of those like Mission Impossible moments where it's like just in the nick of time. And, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, and uh, what's his name? The the guy that calls who uh, Tony Blendetto kills later on. Joy Peeps. <laughs> Joy Peeps. <laughs> well, uh, first episode for him, maybe? I don't, uh, maybe not, actually. Uh, well, we we might have been lingering already. around somewhere, but Joey yeah. Pe- I love Joey Peeps. I love the acting. I love yeah. how fucking, like, he's just, he's just kind of sleazy. You yeah. can just see it in his vibe. <laughs> exactly. And like, and, and he's like, we're calling it off. You know what I mean? It's just like so good. But what I was going to say is that like, you know, this is, this is one of those things where it's like one of those Mission Impossible moments where it's like just in time, this mm-hmm. happens. And like, you know, and it's it's a little unrealistic in 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 a lot of ways. But I guess, yeah. But I think that it would be less believable if they did it more often. And this kind of shit just never happens. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can't think of like another example of that. Chris parking in front of uh, Boys to Men about, oh, about true. to try and assassinate true, Tony. True. Their words, not mine. Um <laughs> But, but vote yeah, Trump. True. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, please edit that out. Um, well, this is this going to air after the election? <laughs> no, this will be right before. This could be the last episode, guys. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. This might be uh, the Trump podcast yeah. by the time we're done. The Wall podcast. <laughs> Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yeah, that's that's what it's going to be next week. Yes. Um. But uh. But look. It, yeah. But that's what I mean. It's like they do it so seldom. Right. That. I love it. I can I can bite into it. I can live with it. I believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, they also do it in their own style, which 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 is what really makes it so great. You know, yeah. like, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just gonna say, like, on a lesser show, sure. Like, but like, no well, this music. This isn't like fucking Breaking Bad. Like in Breaking Bad, they did it every goddamn episode, right? And it's just like, it's like if you're, it's like cranking it like six times in a day. You're just like, you know what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> my adrenal glands have had it. Yeah, I can this, do seven, but <laughs> this isn't exciting anymore. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go order Chinese food. Yeah, and then regroup, and after that, just go to the depths of the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, right? It's not like that. It's not. There's no intense music. There's no shaky cam. There's no. You know, uh, it, it. They just. It's just. It just is what it is. Yeah, that's the only way I can put it. It's just like it's just kind of like they lay it out for you. Like this. This is. This is what's happening. Like they don't kind of tell you. Oh, you should feel tense right now. There's there's suspense going on right no, now. No, it just and it, it's also a really good performance. Like that that hitman, like Bravo, great mm-hmm. great performance, great straight face, mm-hmm. um, slick Nokia. <laughs> you My know? God, you're right. The yeah. Custom faceplate. So mu- I just love how Miami that scene is with yep. Ralph and his fucking speedo. His speedo is amazing. Speedo and a toupee. Yep, it's amazing. That's all you need. Um. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it, uh, the tension's great. And I also kind of feel like, you know, again, like in a post nine 11 world, you know, it's post nine 11 Miami, no less. Post yeah. Which was <laughs> the most that the crazy a war zone. Um, but you know, in a post nine 11 world, there was kind of all, you know, for at least like the next couple of years after that. And even now, I guess to some extent there was that feeling of like, well, when is the other shoe going to drop? 
and you were just kind of feeling like you were always left in the balance, I guess. And, right, and, right. and I think that that definitely like informed season four and this scene in particular, you know, it's like, you mean just in like the lingering tension, the weight, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Great connection. I didn't, even... <laughs> thank you. I, that was an alley-oop. I, I threw it over to you and you dunked that. You got it. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Like it was, uh, it was just, it was, it was tense. It was, it was certainly tense at that time, and they they really nailed it here, and and it was cool. I love it, and it's and it's it's effortless tension. You know, it, yeah, it works really well. Um, and 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 I love the pace of this plot. Mm-hmm. And this is my last thought on it. Really, I love the pace of this plot. We kind of you know the seed gets planted like a handful of episodes ago, right? And it sort of germinates. We don't really hear about it. But then this episode is about this. Yeah. And it gets and it's and it's like totally like sewn up, figured out in this episode. And it's kind of fun because like they really want to they really take their time with things to let them develop in a realistic way. Yeah. When the shit hits the fan, we get it all. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. and they don't leave it as a cliffhanger or something like that. And right. It, and like, you know, and it goes back and forth. It switches over to, you know, Carmine not saying nothing. Uh, but sanctioning a hit on John. Yep. And then that not happening because John realizes that is what he's doing. Wife yeah, has yeah. an eating problem. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like he, <laughs> he, he sees, okay. You know, he's like, I get it. You know, it was like, it's, they, they, I, I don't know. I think he just sees like they, this, this isn't that bad. They didn't like make something up. Yeah. I feel like, it, I feel like you see it and you know what he's thinking. I think that I'm explaining it badly, but yeah, well, I think he's just kind of, when he sees that she has this just basically addiction, I guess, you know, like yeah. it's kind of like, oh, it's not like uh I don't know. I don't know how to say it without. Well, it's like if someone's like, like John ass- smokes so many cigarettes, blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know how to. Yeah, it's she's maybe less of like a victim now. Is that okay to say? I think he just understands that it's out in the open and that okay, maybe yeah. he has been a little bit in denial about it. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe he's realizing that and he's like. I've been kind of missing this. I've been skating along. Cause let's face it. That's what all of these characters do every day is they like ignore the implications of what they do. You know, it's like, it's like being a smoker or, or, or like eating crap all the time or whatever. They're all, or like killing people and being a sociopath. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like they're all kind of ignoring the, 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 the bad side of all this stuff that they do. And I feel like, maybe Ginny's weight problem kind of bled into that for him and he's been in a little bit of denial about it. Yeah, that's probably a good point. Yeah. Also, let's be honest. I don't think she really knows how to eat healthy. Like you see her make a fruit salad and she's like throwing Cool Whip all over it and stuff like yeah. that. Like that's not how you do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And we should point out actually one of our SoundCloud followers. Um, shout out to SoundCloud. S- shout out to, yeah, great site. SoundCloud.com. Um, www. Oh, you have to put that don't, there. Don't yeah. Well, don't forget the HTTP um, colon slash slash <laughs> ba- forward slash forward slash. Right, right, right. By the way, that's how you can spot a baby boomer. Is that is like because on NPR they'll still say forward slash or backslash or whatever. <laughs> you're just like obvious. No one uses the other slash yeah. except when they're trying to make their Twitter handle look cool. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Spelling something out with weird symbols. Yeah. Um. What was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> something about something. You were talking about our, one of our oh one of our SoundCloud oh, followers. One of the SoundCloud, a little yeah. tidbit about Ginny. Right. Knows. I think. I think it was like a second cousin or third cousin was related to the actress who sadly passed away. Actually. Um, Will we should point out she she is wearing a fat suit as this. So it's like 
kind of okay to make some some jokes here and there. Yeah. Um. They, you know, they they as was Bobby. As I, was Bobby. Assume, I presume until like this season or last, because he looks a little looks, more normal. Yeah, he looks a little. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she was wearing a fat suit. So I feel like that makes it a little bit better that they wrote an entire episode about her being <laughs> overweight. And Dude, uh, honestly, like I feel like they could have put a fat suit on her that like like a turtleneck that she was going to wear under her thing, like yeah. something very thin and just, just to make her feel better. Be like, we're putting you in a fat suit. Here's this shirt. Wear it under your stuff. <laughs> just, I mean, not that she looks like she's actually that fat, but I mean, like I would feel so shitty writing that. I know. I know. I mean, I know. but I also feel like a show like this, <clears throat> you know, it sucks, but it's, I feel like all of these actors were probably really, really well taken care of. Oh yeah, yeah. Like even yeah. even the ones like even the ones like Ginny, like you know, obviously Gandolfini was making millions of dollars per episode toward the end, right? But like, I feel like there's a little piece of the pie every time, you know, every time no fucking ZD gets a listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know they what get I mean? Res- residuals from our pocket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I feel like all these people get residuals, and that show was so popular. Like, it's it's worth it because they get paid so much. Yeah. But like I would still just feel fucking bad, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Yeah, I mean you're getting paid, you're getting you're getting days Again with as the an, money. you're getting days <laughs> as an actor which which are hard to come by well, for anyone who's trying to do a, that. I mean and, and being an obese person it's tough to get, you know, casted in stuff like that. Yeah, you well, know? and this this was like or the it's fame- tough to get casted in things that are more glamorous. But like this show right. was a haven for realistic looking people. Right. I mean, when when your main character is is a slightly overweight guy, I mean, slightly. like that was well at the beginning. At the beginning, you know, towards the end, he's he's puts on quite a bit. But yeah. at the beginning, I would say he was just slightly over. He was Costanza esque. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but this was also a show that was kind of famous for like asking their actors to actually gain a little bit of weight preseason you know it was you know because obviously in tv and in film it's kind of tough to get roles like you said um so they would probably slim down after the season but then david chase would ask them to you know have a second helping of pasta before before the season starts you know that's the thing i I feel like it's a show full of people who are are meaty you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and um and I love that, but yeah. like to make the fat joke, I feel like they have to be way fatter, and right. that's why the fat suit exactly. was probably necessary. You exactly, know what I mean? exactly. Yeah. So perhaps, uh, look, I, we can do a second half if you want. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think we should. We'll think about it. We'll let you guys know. You know, we'll we'll let you guys know. We'll send a blast. Stick around, and maybe there'll be a second half. I actually heard we got some great questions. We have we have a lot of questions actually. Yeah, I'm really we, we excited. We might split them up over the next couple of weeks, but we'll uh, we'll figure it out somehow. Um, are we at? Is it, are we at that time? I can't see. Oh, definitely. We're we're we've done like 35 minutes. Oh, then let's uh, let's take a little break and uh, Sorry, we'll come. This, this hand sign I'm realizing right now means keep going. Yeah, uh, I, I meant <laughs> let's shut it down. <laughs> it was like to be honest, I, I didn't even notice any of that. Um, I'm out here with like air traffic control things, yeah. like trying to signal to Brendan without breaking up the right the drama. Well, as we've established, we do record in the pitch dark, um, ah, wearing true. robes, flip flops, and ski masks. <laughs> Where did the robes come from? I forget. Are we, you wearing a robe? <laughs> yeah, we're both wearing robes. Well, it's pitch it's black, so we can't see in here. All right, um, let's take a break. We'll come back, and we got to talk about Lou DiMaggio, and we got to talk about a couple more things, and then we have questions. So. Uh, you know if we're back we're back just keep listening who knows just stick around yeah we'll we'll, we'll whip something up yeah
No fucking ZD is brought to you by the Atkins. Uh, the supermoon is in two weeks. Not tonight. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. I thought a supermoon was when you were in a limo and you stuck your ass out the window. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I mean. <laughs> two weeks from now, we're going to do that. Uh, welcome back to No Fucking ZD. Still talking about the wait. We're back. Okay. We said we were going to leave you hanging, but... Uh, Cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> Long five second break there for yeah, everybody at home. We're, we're just trying to like glean off of some of that that tension, some of the weight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so uh, let's. All right, we'll see you next. Okay, time. <laughs> great, perfect. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll continue now. Um, we should at least talk a little bit about the trip to Rhode Island and uh, these uh, the the old guard up there, Lou DiMaggio. You know and- who they remind me of? You ever see Ghostbusters two? Yes, the Scolari brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they look like the fucking Scolari brothers. A little bit. Yeah. I gave him the chair. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's my Halloween tradition. I don't dress up. I don't go out. I don't give a fuck. I watch Ghostbusters two. Two part two. Part two. Yeah. I think that that sums up the spirit of New York, where they're literally yeah. having to argue with the mayor about whether or not it's cool for people to be shitty to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That New York seems so cool in so many ways. Just the, First of all, the cars are just amazing in Ghostbusters, too. Yeah, but you just but, don't go below, like, 12th Street. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, the Scolari brothers up in Rhode Island. Um, <laughs> weird, totally, even for Sopranos, weird scene, but it's kind of amazing at the same time. I, l- I, I feel like it's... Uh... It's not a dream sequence. Right. But it kind of it digs into one of those things. Like a you know, Chris comes in, probably high as balls. Probably. High on skag. Yeah. And uh and uh we we got a really, really good SoundCloud comment actually about that, about people being high on skag. Yeah. And I really like that. Like we got something wrong and someone commented, probably because you were high on skag. <laughs> it was like episodes ago, but I get a kick out of that every time. Yeah. Um we always are, by the way. But <laughs> we're gonna call Carlo. Yeah. But Chris uh Chris was like, you know, he's wearing his sunglasses and, and I love how the guy's like, you into drugs? Yeah, just immediately. It's a little dream sequency. It's a, it reminds me a lot, actually, of it's a little dream sequency, but it also reminds me of Paulie going to see the uh, you know the spirit guide or the uh, the medium or whatever. Oh, I love that. It's a lot like that. Um, but I love this scene um, just because also like imagining them actually trying to kill Johnny Sack is kind of fucking hysterical to me, and and I would sort of love to see that scene and just how horribly wrong it would go. Yeah, because there's no way that's that's a terrible call on Junior's part. Like you know what you should do. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know some hitman up there. <laughs> I like, mean, what are you talking about? It's so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the the drugs thing is great. The dude saying my name is Christopher too. It, it's all super bizarre. He probably and plays guitar in like the Black Crows or something. Like, that guy the, definitely. The way that, that he guy, looks, I'm yeah. just like, which rock star cameo is this? Like, I can't. <laughs> is that Frankie Valley? Like, what's going on? <laughs> or the Counting Crows, maybe. Uh, is that who he is? Maybe uh, if he was a little dreadier. Yeah, that's the guy who's singing. They they go up there and he's singing "Long December." It's really bizarre. <laughs> um, but I I yeah, and in, in so many ways, I wish we could have seen this play out. I mean, I'm glad that it it doesn't, you know, for the rest of the show. But yeah, it, it'd be kind of amazing to actually see that happen. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Um, although I don't know, I, I'm I'm. Uh, 
I don't think that that would have been destined to be. I mean, I think that it could have been an amazingly cool fuck up scene. Yeah, exactly. I just don't like those guys. It's creepy. It definitely makes you feel very weird. And uh, the blind, is she someone's daughter or just like a, a, a nurse, I guess, or something? All of it's so weird. Yeah. And uh, and really just like only on The Sopranos could that happen. And you're just kind of like, yeah, that, that fits in with the rest of the show. Like, sure. Yeah. Okay. That, still, that makes a lot feel, of sense. It feels weird. I mean, I don't know how much I feel that way. Like, I buy it, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's not one of those things where I'm like classic Sopranos moment. You know what <laughs> I mean? I guess mean? not. It's yeah. just like, I think that the classic Sopranos moment actually is following that where Johnny is driving his Cadillac or whatever he's driving before he gets the Maserati. Right. And he's listening to fucking, like those New York, those brutal New York dudes are always listening to the most happy-go-lucky 50s shit. Yeah, some doo-wop. Some doo-wop, white doo-wop. Right, Um, right, right, right. right. And and, and he goes, fuck, I forgot the sweater. And he turns around. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's a more quintessential Sopranos moment, to be honest. Because like this guy forgetting a sweater that he was going to take to his dad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> is the reason why he's not dead. Yeah, I know. It's kind of it's it's, it's amazing, and, and they and, plant that seed so subtly. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what the problem is when he says that. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, Dimaggio. Sorry. Well, no. I mean, I you know that's not much to say, I guess. But we have to at least mention it because it's just so fucking bizarre and it's uh, weird. Man. And Junior vouching for them is weird. Um, and I guess really we should also talk about Junior a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. he ha- he has some some good lucid scenes in this episode. Um, that one, the one where he, he gives Tony advice is pretty great. Also, the phone meeting, the conference call is fucking great too. I Speaking love of that. old Nokia's and all this other stuff, it's yeah. just amazing to hear it. The, the, I believe they were using Motorola StarTech. <laughs> oh God, that was that the first teeny tiny phone right. to come out. Yeah, and it was so cool at the time. Like that looked so fucking cool at the time. I know, and they didn't do anything. No, <laughs> they just no. made phone calls. Yeah, which first of all, who talks on the phone? Yeah, you know? I mean, it would, be, it would be like a text meeting today. I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I love how they're setting it up. And first of all, Junior's confused when people switch. Right. Like, he doesn't realize that more than one person can be sitting around this thing, even though he's sitting there on speakerphone eating right. olives. <laughs> right. Uh, but, like, the other thing is that uh, <laughs> one of my favorite little, I never noticed this before, but, like, you know, Silvio is sort of explaining the, like, what a burner is, mm-hmm. essentially. And, I mean, I guess that we had that question a couple episodes ago about, you know, what could the crossover be? I guess it was the last episode, like, someone oh, asked yes. what the good crossover show. I guess, you know... Maybe we have Marlo kind of ex- right. explaining to Sill what a burner is, yeah. <laughs> how that works. But like, but he's saying, you know, like you use it once, you toss it, and he goes, "It's what the Taliban used to do." <laughs> <laughs> and none of them think twice about it. Yeah, I know. Like they're using tactics that the Taliban use, and no one sees the 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 moral problems that are happening. Here. Exactly, they just have no idea. Yeah, uh, and I mean, like. I, I love that Silvio even knows that detail. Just imagining him like waking up on a Sunday morning and watching like, you know, C-SPAN or something like yeah. that. And be like, oh, the Taliban. Well, it is. And he, the way he delivers the line is it's like the same sort of tone when he says, also, Don something, producer of Simpsons. That's what the Taliban is. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, it's just information that like is neither here nor there for him. You know? Right, right, right. Um, but I, I do like Junior and Tony getting along and, and Junior actually offering some helpful advice for the first time in kind of a while. Um, oh, dude, I know. You know, and uh, and Junior not totally freaking out too much about his trial right now. I mean, we have more of that coming up, obviously. Right. Um, but good to see him. It's been a while. Um, and uh, I, I love how he and Tony play off of each other. You don't see them. They don't often in public, you know, riff on each other yeah. too much. But 
Like, you know, th- and we're going to get more of Tony asking Junior's advice about stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, we have been lately. But, you know, like this is I th- I'd say this is like the pinnacle of Junior and Tony's relationship as 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 boss in name and street boss, if you yeah, will. Yeah. And um, before Junior starts to have his infarcts. Right. Um, <laughs> infarts, as I like to say. Right. Uh, but like I-, I like how they play off of each other because Tony is in he's he's on stage. He knows what he's doing. He's he's posturing. He's doing all this stuff. He waits his turn and then he makes his point like really bluntly and and he puts it really well. And Junior backs him up very well. Mm-hmm. There's no confusion in that regard. Mm-hmm. In fact, the confusion is on the New York side because, you know, actually, I mean, it's more than meets the eye, but it's really a big deal that Carmine tells John that he's got to chill out and get the fuck over it. Yeah. In front sure. of other people. Yeah, it, definitely. That's and it's not a private conversation. And it's cool. Uh, just like, you know, from this, from like mafia business standpoint, like Tony has a point, you know, when he says that he's, he should be the one making the beef about, uh, someone from, from someone from his family, you know, that's some deep mob shit. That's good writing. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to see that. That's that's Tony himself has a point here, and uh, you know, just how little they actually all really care about the rules. But yeah, again, it really just comes back as always down to the money with everybody. I love uh, that again with the money. Yeah, you know, like again with the money. Oh, and one of the it's not in this scene, but the first scene where Ralph and John and and Tony and uh, and uh, Carmine meet. Mm-hmm. They're sitting there waiting, and and <laughs> someone's talking about traffic, and Ralph's like, "GW, this time of day, you zip right over," you know, like, and but what you realize is like, Carmine comes up through a door, and he's zipping up his pants, and you realize he was in there taking a shit, and everyone was just waiting for him to take a shit, and he's like, "All right, let's get this the fuck over with." I just my love daughter-in-law's that. coming with the baby later, yeah. <laughs> whatever. It says. I just love that little detail. Me you know? too. Yeah, it's great. So lifelike. No one ever takes a shit on television. No, not really. Not there's really. a lot of people using the bathroom in The Sopranos. Almost always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. Someone always. is always in the bathroom. They don't explicitly say that, but you can bet that in every single scene, someone is in the bathroom in the next room over. Yeah. Every well, single scene. Some of them die in yeah. the bathroom. Right. That's very true. Um, so speaking of money, we should, I guess, briefly talk about, um, before we get to our questions, we should talk about, uh, Carmela, you know, Carmela cousin, Brian. Um, I, I mean, I guess we'll get more into this in the next episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, anyway, I mean, she's, Car- Carmela is a little bit, she's trying to get involved. Yeah. And, you know, as always, it's like rightfully so, wrongfully so. I mean, she's she's right to kind of be freaking out about her family's future. And um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also it's kind of like a test to see just how much Tony really cares, I guess. And, you know, she's 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 reaching out for Tony to just at least care about the same things she's caring about. Well, that's the thing he's not is that it's certainly a breach of like mafia wife protocol. Right. But. I also like have to wonder how truthful Tony is being about what he has put away. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we know that he has money offshore, but is it really ready for her? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think we, we sort of talked about this. I think, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like yes and no. Like, there's probably something set up, but like, has Tony really like sat down and and thought this through and thought about the future all that much? Aside yeah. from like, you know. Uh, his his legacy through Christopher, which you know, of course, is not going to work out too well. Uh, yeah. Um. But but yeah, and sh- uh, you know, I, I really think it just kind of comes down to they have that scene in the kitchen where he says to her like, "It's all about money with you," and she just kind of turns it back around and is like, "No, it's all about money with you, actually." 
And yeah, that's I so think the true. money is sort of part of the reason why he's being so cagey about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I also just think that, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't think she'd be able to handle it, or maybe he thinks of himself as being like the smarter one with that kind of stuff in general. I think he just and, doesn't want to be told what to do by anyone. Right. Yeah. Um, and Carmela has a valid point, and he he knows because she's smart. But he also realizes that the more he gives, the more she's going to want. That this mm. isn't like a means to an end. Mm, yeah, maybe. Be- because she's always been trying to goof around with stocks. And then, and then you know, she gets the, the, the spec house going later on. Yeah. And she's like sort of smart with the business, but also kind of has this like, she has like a poor work ethic with it. And so she's like, I'm going to set my mind to this and then demands it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, but again, not wrong. No, not wrong. Um, and she is smart and she does kind of use some of those smarts in this episode, helping Furio with his, his zoning laws and all this other stuff. Um, yeah, but does that ever get resolved? I don't think they well, figure it no, out. Well, no, I mean, I guess not, but really, I guess that's really more about the fact that she's just super attracted to Furio because yeah. in her fantasy, you know, the Sopranos is so much about like fantasy versus reality and like the, the people we imagine we are versus the people we actually are. I have so much trouble with that. Uh, me too. And, um, you know, she, I think imagines herself in a different light when she's thinking of herself with Furio and probably imagines Fur- Furio in the wrong light. Like, I don't know if she really knows if Furio was the guy who came over just to like crack kneecaps and, and basically be the most violent person person possible. Yo, um, I mean, cause I, I, I mean, it's kind of crazy. We don't get much violence with him now um, as time goes on, but his introduction to New Jersey yeah. is no joke. Right. You know? And he's a scary motherfucker. Yeah. And, and I can't imagine that, I mean, she almost certainly doesn't know about that. Um, but, you know, the, the money thing is, is is certainly driving a wedge between her and Tony, um, you know, and it's I, I really love how subtle their marital problems are happening as, as of right now, at least, yeah. you know, like I think we've said before that, you know, a great ending is something that's inevitable and surprising at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think if you stopped this season right now and had never seen it and asked, like, what do you think happens in the finale between Tony and Carmela? You probably wouldn't. Your first guess, at least, wouldn't be that they get divorced. You know, it's it's right. it's happening pretty under the radar for a first time viewer. It's like something like when you look back on, you can totally see happening now. But oh, that but happens to me all the time in this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like how how did I not notice this? It's so obvious now. Yeah, but it slipped in amongst so much other stuff happening. Exactly. You know, and like in the next episode, um, you know, Tony's gonna have conversations with 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 his uh financial advisor right you know while he's winning money betting on horses right 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 you know and it's just like it's all kind of slipped in there with all of this stuff and and i i guess it's like it it's the same thing with uh with this uh Ginny sack joke you know it's it's not a thing until it's a thing right but they really let it germinate really nicely and i love that yeah yeah it's great um, and, and eventually it's not the financial shit that tears them apart. It's not. But again, in like that super Sopranos way, it, it's it's like it is and it isn't, you know, like people mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. like the this joke, actually, like there's 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 a million problems with Ralphie. Um, oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. You know, this joke just happens to be the one that kind of like puts Johnny over the edge. But I'm the ZD sure- that broke the camel's back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. But that that's how people are. It's like really a lot of like the conflicts we have between people are based on like the smallest things. And then it's kind of like you look for like a million other reasons to justify that, you know, like, but really it's like, oh, he didn't pass me a napkin at dinner one night. And I, that like kind of offended me. And then like, then the, the next time you see them, it's like, well, now he like didn't do this and he didn't do that. It, like 
really minor things are the are kind of blow up over time and well and then they get to this point where they're arguing about this one little detail right and it's like no no no, you got to see the forest for the trees here like this marriage there are a lot of problems with this marriage right one of which is the lack of trust i think it's just like they have a lack of trust right she doesn't she's saying loud and clear like i don't trust you about the money right because she's grilling him and no one grills tony about money right yeah true it's a big problem so he's you know, but he, he's not going to whack Carmella. <laughs> that would be insane. Yeah. I mean, he can yell at her, but yeah. she's really, really resilient. You right. know what I mean? And like, she knows how to push his buttons and pull strings a little bit. And, you know, eventually she does get what she wants. We should, we should say. She does. It takes a long time, but yeah, it really like, I mean, it takes a certain sequence of events. Like he gives her some of it this season, mm-hmm. but like, I, I forget exactly when, but down the road, you know, when he wants to do some nice things for some people. He winds up doing it. He's like, fuck it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she wins. She does, yeah. And, and that, I mean, of course, we'll get to it, but that's another example of like an outside thing affecting something else where, you know, the Adriana thing, of course, wanting to get away with the Adriana murder is, is essentially what gets Carmela her spec house in the end. Right, exactly. Which is, which is just awful and terrifying, but uh, but yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so they are, it's just something to pay attention to. They're, they're growing apart. Um, literally, I mean, in that scene in the kitchen, you know, it's, uh, they, they just kind of show them talking back and forth in these medium shots. And then at the end of the scene, they kind of cut to the wide master shot and they just look so far apart from each other on either ends of the kitchen table. And, yeah. you know, there's, I think it was last close to the end of last season when, when AJ is cleaning the gutter and, you know, they're they're yeah. basically sitting next to each other. And now this season they're sitting literally on opposite heads at the table. So I think that's something to, um, you know, that's another, that's another thing. Like now looking back, it's like, oh, that makes sense. But at the time it's like, oh, they just chose a cool shot. Like who knows? You well, know? it's good because with stuff like that, you can feel it more than like you notice it consciously, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like this is all feeding a narrative that is going to come to a head at the end of this season. Right. Um, um, and it's fun. It, sure. <laughs> lots of fun. Uh, should we, I mean, uh, we should say like, obviously we're going to, there's going to be a lot more with this Carmela money again with the yes. money situation yeah. soon. And even, even cousin Brian will be a little corrupted by season's end. Next, lo- next couple I, episodes. I actually. love cousin Brian. He's just hysterical. It, I mean, really, again, really well casted. Yeah. You know? Really, really well. I love it. Um, should we mention Melfi? I mean, she has not much going on in this episode. It's a lot of uh, her I mean, and therapy. Oh, well, it's interesting. I mean, it, it, it's another one of those strange kind of things where, like, you know, do we care that much? Like, her son is having a little bit of trouble. You know, the rape is really affecting her. Yeah, still. So that's, uh, you know, continuity. They got that going for it. Oh, we, sh- and- we should mention, though, actually, that... um. Kupferberg's daughter mm-hmm. is, you know, doing this law center thing and and crosses paths with Meadow. Yeah, which is interesting. Not something not something the show did all that often. We're just these. Well, I guess it kind of does a couple well, times. Well, it's like there's a lot of small world action, but it's within the mafia. This is one of those yeah. things. Where it's like a little bit out on a limb, right? But I can live with it. I'll buy it. You yeah. know what I mean? The Kupferberg running into him in the parking garage is maybe like toeing the line a little bit. I know. And then the fact that he doesn't realize. Yeah, I. that's the thing. It's because, like, at the end of the series, or, like, season six or something, when Tony gets arrested, I think, mm-hmm. and, like, Coverberg knows all the details suddenly of the mafia. So, like, does he really not recognize Tony there? And maybe it's dark or something maybe, like that. Yeah. But, like, I, I always thought that it was an interesting thing to throw in because, like, you know, it's it's nice getting a little Melfi, but, like, this isn't, like, Tony therapy Melfi. This isn't her own therapy. Mm-hmm. 
which is sometimes a little bit, you know, I, I feel like they keep it sparse, which is okay. Yeah. But like he uses it to make a point that I feel like isn't all that. I mean, it, it, it it's like important in her therapy that mm-hmm. he makes this point and he seems like he's doing something supportive. But as far as like plot and like things to keep in mind, as far as the the series is concerned, yeah, it's not all that consequential. No, I guess not. But I guess we're just to to be reminded that like she's still working through this incredible trauma and it's affecting her family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and perhaps like again, this uh, this this season has a lot to do with wifeliness. Yes. And uh, that's the word I'm going to choose. Sure. Um, <laughs> and so. Uh, you know, and she she talks about how, you know, she was a victim of a rape and how, you know, and they're talking about how her son, Jace. Uh, <laughs> Jace yeah. Um, Senioritis, this kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about how he resents his father for not being able to avenge her, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I, I, You know, this it, it does fall into a similar theme. So actually, you know, I, I'll take back what I said earlier. I, I do. I get why that's in there, because yeah, she's a mother. But it's a different type of marriage and a different type of re- very real trauma that she didn't inflict on herself at all. Right. Yeah. All the trauma that just just to make it clear, all the trauma that's inflicted on the Sopranos is their fault. <laughs> exactly. But Melfi, absolutely not. Of course, no, not. definitely yeah. not. Um, and again, I, I do like that, you know, so many shows just kind of forget, like so many shows work in like three episode arcs where it's like, yeah, the guest star comes on to play the boyfriend for three episodes and then they're pretty much forgotten after that. Yeah. Um, maybe today, not as much. Things are a lot more serialized, but, uh, I don't want to. Rossi is in one scene. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I will too, I guess really. Um, or no, I guess he's not at. Well, we he's not actually picture. at the store. No, yeah, we see his picture. picture, right? Employee of the month. Um, but I, I, I do like that at least. Like they're acknowledging, I, I guess again to use the pun of it, the weight of what's happened to Melfi, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. So, uh, I also like the mentions of Noah in this episode and kind of where where Meadow's gone. I mean, it's not the most exciting plot line in the episode, but no. Tony showing up and just kind of like walking through the the halls always makes me laugh. And his I big love trench that. coat and. You know, just a giant box of crispy. I want to do that. I know, me too. That I, yeah, that makes me want want to have like a kid and just yeah. show up and be like, let me buy you a bunch of shit. Yeah, and bring that, donuts. Well, I like that scene also because like I think that they sort of spar a little bit, mm-hmm. but they're like, we get each other. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're we're finally gonna agree to disagree a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and and I, he, and I feel like he goes to see Meadow because he's being a little bit rejected by Carmela at the moment. Yeah, maybe, and he needs a little bit of that that family vibe. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. Um. But it's just structurally, you know, from like a writing standpoint, I like that this is the resolve. There's like a little bit of bleed from last season, but then they kind of just wrap it up here in some ways. And, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, um, they just they always did a really good job of like of landing the plane in a good way, I think, until until the last episode when they just don't do it at all. It's an interesting, I guess. Me- an interesting metaphor that you're using, given that this was the 9-11 season. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, uh, should we get to some questions? Yeah, let's get to some questions. Um, let's see what we got. We have a lot of them, actually. Um, I just want some really good, pristine questions. Well, here's we got a couple about the show, and then we have one that's not directly about the show. But let's start with the show. Okay. Um, this is a pretty broad question, but let's try it. What are the most appealing things about The Sopranos for both the layman and a more intelligent viewer? We're 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 the layman, and our listeners are the intelligent viewers. I think. Are <laughs> you sure it's not the other way around? <laughs> I'm not so sure. Yeah, uh, we did rope them into listening to a podcast. So, I think that it's it's. I think that one of the things that. Okay, so this is this is the intelligent viewer side, right. but I think it's something that the layman 
will also is that can you say that in 2016 are they okay sure. with being called layman oh, yeah um <laughs> i uh i think that it's something that the layman experiences but may not realize as much as the what do they call the other one the intelligent intelligent viewer I, I don't know if this is making me very uncomfortable <laughs> uh but uh we can, we can assume if you're a sopranos viewer you're probably an intelligent viewer if you've seen more than one episode yeah i think if you stuck with it yes yeah um the video game doesn't count right. um so uh Basically, I think personally that it's about the fact that um, situations don't end with these black and white showdowns. Yeah, it's yeah. all there's always some outside thing, and I think that that really did, um, you know, it. I think they were were the first show to really do that, where you know you you'd have these situations where there's this you feel like one or the other is inevitable, you right? Know? And then then you know uh, variable X comes in. And shakes it up, right? And and I feel like that's so much more true to life, yep. Than you know a lot of a lot of like showdowns that happened on TV beforehand. Yeah, totally. I mean, I guess that it's a good question for this episode because I feel like that yeah. is it, it, a lot of that happens in this episode. You know, like TV before that, um, and even now, a lot of the time was like, uh, you know, if someone has a problem with someone, they wrap it up by the end of the hour. But that's kind of really not a thing in real life. Like, like no, we've been talking that's about, that's so one-dimensional. Yeah, like like we've been talking about this whole podcast is just kind of like in real life, it's just things just kind of bubble bubble over until they just explode at some point, and and people don't, uh, you know, like Seinfeld had a rule that there were there were no hugs on Seinfeld. They weren't allowed to ever have an episode end with everyone just like hugging it out. Um, because that's just so not lifelike, you know, I love that people don't, people don't confront each other. They're mostly passive aggressive. Yep. They, they, they mostly just like talk shit at restaurants and, and that's kind of it, you know? (laughs) So I like that. And then on top of that, I mean, just stylistically, again, we've already mentioned it this, this podcast, but like the fact that there's just no music that doesn't tell you what to feel, you kind of have to figure it out on your own. I love that. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough question because we could. Basically, like you know, dedicate a whole hour. Talking Basically, about if people want to know more about that, they should like listen to every episode of the podcast. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, I should say I just want to mention his name or her name, just because I forgot to do that in the last podcast. Uh, that fucking Jerry Anastasia. <laughs> that one comes from this guy's uh, iPhone Plus. I actually is like so this. Big. I like this this Twitter handle. It's at human underscore meat. <laughs> so I like that. Wow. So thank you, human meat. Uh, AKA Zach Lockhart. Thank you very much for that. Um, she sounds lovely. Yes. Here is a general TV question. This is from at Dose Guides, or maybe maybe I'm supposed to have have an accent on that. I'm not quite sure. All right, come on. Um, I've gathered that you both enjoy Mad Men, and at least one of you enjoy the X Files. What other shows do you deem worth it? I'll let you take this one. Okay. Uh, I, well, uh, I mean, of course. The Wire, of course, up up there. Sure. Uh, I, and I would also say one of my favorite shows that I had a really hard time letting go of because they, they didn't finish it is Deadwood. I think Deadwood is a fucking fantastic show that everybody should watch. It, mm. it, I honestly think that if Deadwood finished out its full run of, you know, five or six seasons or, or however many they were planning to do, that, like, we'd maybe have a podcast about Deadwood. <laughs> it's, it's a great, great show. Um, just... Uh, I mean, like the behind the whole production of that show was amazing. They, they, you know, and and the writing on that show was fantastic too, and just so like so fluid. I mean, David Milch would write scenes the night before, wake up the next morning, come to set, and then throw it all out and rewrite it on set, basically, and just kind of tell the actors like from behind the camera, like, okay, now you say this, now you say that, 
and just kind of work it that way, wow, which yeah. is just unbelievable. That's a great um, show. Also, um, uh, Anthony Bourdain, no reservations. Sure. <laughs> no joke though. That is a fucking great show. I, I work on a lot of shows that end up being about like food and travel and he gets mentioned all the time. It's yeah. just like, it's like, we're not going to be, be Bourdain obviously, but we're going to try this. And you know, he, he, I mean, as far as that genre of shows go, like he, he really is kind of like the, the Sopranos. Way up, way yeah. up. Uh, also, I mean, let's not forget, uh, Okay, so Seinfeld kind of goes without saying, and I I don't want to jump on the like, oh my God, Seinfeld 2016 bandwagon. Right. But also, not for nothing, Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks, great show. Also great show. I loved Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. And Undeclared was pretty good too. I think that came out a little after it. It was a lot of the same people, but also really good. You know what else is really good? Westworld. <laughs> Legendary. I'm I'm still no, iffy me too. No, on I meant Westworld. that totally sarcastically. Yeah, I have to say. I, I think it could be cool. Conceptually, it's really cool. I just don't know if I love it. I love that Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Um, other shows, I, I, I love The Americans. I think that's great. Fargo, Fargo season two especially is awesome. I gotta check those out. Um, and, I mean, listen, I'm gonna be a little basic here, but Game of Thrones is pretty great also. Yeah, so, I like Game of Thrones, but yeah. it's... Wait, it's not realistic enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hear you, but they do a pretty good job. Um, they totally ripped it off from Sopranos, like when Tony comes back from the dead in right, season right. five. <laughs> oh, like, Jesus. they don't explain that Hold at on. all. Wait, that, that, that's too recent to spoil. Hold on. Uh, what a, a Twin Peaks is amazing. Okay, um, all right, enough, okay, enough, all right, all right. enough. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? If one of the mob guys were running for office, what would their campaign slogan be? This comes from, oh, this is the same guy, actually. Should we answer this question? <laughs> Let's save this one for next week. Okay. Um, what's your favorite mob movie? This comes from at Spurs21B. I'm going to go with Goodfellas. Yeah. There same. aren't a ton. I mean, Bronx Tale is like, eh. Bronx Tale is a musical on Broadway right now. Wait, That's... what's the one with De Niro? Brockdale. No. Bron- well, yeah, or, yeah, uh, Bronx Casino Dale. or... All of them, oh, wait. basically. No, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm way out of my, like, I don't know what's going on with me. It's been a long week. Godfather 2. Yeah. That's it for me. That's the long and the short. Yeah, I think it's either that or Goodfellas. I think I favor Goodfellas. I favor Godfather 2. Yeah. Um, Because I love how they go back. I love the 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 the, the, pl- the playing that they, they do with time. Yeah. I love the, the sort of portrayal of immigrant life in New York City yeah. at the beginning of the 20th century. I think that that is just a beautiful film. It's amazing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I won't I've argue. I've seen that movie 600 times. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't argue with it. I guess I just love Goodfellas because it was so different than any other mob film at the time and just so yeah. all over the place. Like, it's such a... The energy of Goodfellas is amazing. I think it's amazing. I just can't watch Goodfellas that often. It's a tough watch. I need, like, two years between... It's a tough watch. That last act is very it's like brutal. you need to shower after you've watched it. Yeah. I like when I first tried watching that, I think I was like twelve or thirteen. It was at a sleepover. And after Joe Pesci got killed, I actually asked my friends to, to turn it off because I was <laughs> I was too disturbed to watch the rest of Goodfellas. Or maybe it was like the next like five minutes or so after that, but I was like, These guys aren't honorable. <laughs> this this is terrifying. This is, yeah. Who's the uh, good guy? I can't yeah. tell. <laughs> But I love that. I love the editing in that. I mean, Thelma Schumacher is, is amazing. And it's a ridiculously it's all over good movie. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I, I, don't, I don't think there would be a Sopranos without that. Um, Certainly not. That one came from, I said Spurs 21B. Uh, this one comes from Nelson Berkland. What's the best pizza in New York City? Oh, come on. I don't know. No? Okay. You don't have a favorite? No. They're all good. They are all good. They're all pretty good. I have two. I would say 
my favorite slice is Joe's Pizza at on uh, at West Fourth. That's the best slice in the city, I would say. If you're just gonna grab two and like stand at the counter by the window and just kind of look outside, hold them together like AJ Soprano. It's uh, just excellent. And then my favorite like sit down place, I think, is Lucali's in Brooklyn. Lucali is unreal. Yeah, it's really, really fucking good. Really good. And I it's love BYOB. It. It's BYOB. That's the best fucking part because yeah. you can buy like a thirty dollar bottle of wine that would cost you like hundred and twenty bucks at a restaurant. Exactly. And take it in. Lucali is amazing. You got to get there at like quarter of four though if you want oh, a yes. table at seven. Yeah, you'll definitely expect a huge, huge wait. Go in the summertime, you can like put your name in, then walk over to Red Hook and like, you know, get a drink somewhere and then walk back. You know, there's there's also a Domino's in Fort Greene (laughs) that I think is great. (laughs) You know, Domino's doesn't deliver it to my new apartment. And that was one of the most heartbreaking things ever because I I love a nice 2.30 a.m. Domino's run. I know. Some Cinestakes and cheesy bread. It's eating a really savory sponge. (laughs) Yeah. We're just offending like every real Italian listening to the show right now. I'm a real Italian. I'm fine. That's true, I guess. Uh... (laughs) Let me see what else we got. I think maybe we're good on questions for this episode. No, 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 no. There's one. All right. There's one we have to answer. We're, all right. We're going to save some more, but there's one we have to answer. This one comes from at Jacob Ross 543. Uh, I am a senior in high school. How can I make the most of my last months of adolescence? Look, the summer after high school is the best fucking shit in it's, the world. Yes. It's great. Who cares about the the end of the school year? Yes. It's that summer. That is the fucking money shot. Yes. It's the best time of your life. Have fun. I mean, to be honest, I always wish that I had a cooler job because like- I was going to say, yeah. If you're going to have a summer job, do something cool. Work on a fucking fishing boat or something. Yes. Don't do something boring that you're never going to do again because when you get to college, you're going to have to do something dumb like wait- Well, actually, I mean, (laughs) please edit that out. When you you get to college, you're going to have to do something because like I waited tables all through college and it was like good, but it's not a job that like invigorated me. Right. I feel like that summer after high school- you can still get away with a little bit of fucking around all the time. Oh, absolutely. And I always wish that I like worked on a fishing boat or was like a gardener or something. You know Me what too. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, landscaping or something like that, or just like mowing a lawn somewhere or something like mowing that would be amazing. Lawn. Scooping ice cream. I mean, aside from the uh the the the, the carpal tunnel. <laughs> yeah, you get but, really thick like Popeye forearms yeah, from yeah, doing yeah. that. But I know? would do something like that. Um also, you should probably try and get a sexual relationship going with like a mother somewhere. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not your own, but not, someone. <laughs> that's never gonna happen again. You know what no, I mean? Like, no, definitely not. That's one of the like like Christopher Moltisanti, we find out that he had like a whole summer's worth of hot sex with someone's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I oh, love that God, deal. Yeah. Um, but seriously, you're too young for this podcast. Right. <laughs> so there's also that. <laughs> yeah. So I would say get a cool job. Uh, don't take it too seriously because it's not gonna be your career. Uh maybe stay single for the summer because why not? You're gonna call College. If you have a girlfriend, it might not work out. Yeah. Just putting that out there. Y- yeah. A long distance thing is more than likely not going to work out when you guys both go to college. You want to get to college just like ready to jump on whatever. Right. Popeye arms from scooping ice cream <laughs> and just <laughs> they love ready that to shit. go. Um, also, you're probably cooler than you think. And confidence yep. goes a way longer way with the girls or, or the guys. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to, you know, generalize here. Sure. Yeah. But like but it's no matter how awkward or or unhot you think you are, like just just be cool and 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 don't question it too much and just talk to people like they're, you know, whoever. <laughs> I mean, be be friendly, but don't, you know, don't be weird with the ladies and I think you'd be surprised how much of a response you get because that's yeah. that's the thing I wish I could tell myself from way back then because I looking back 
it hits me like once every five years, like, holy shit, I had a chance that night. You uh, know what I mean? Yes, of and course. And you just, like, course. I was terrible at realizing that people were interested in me or close. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the idea, I guess, is like... I mean, don't be Donald Trump. But, but. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, have fun. Just have fun and know that, like, everyone around you also wants to have fun. I, I feel like I definitely took things way too seriously and it took things, you know, uh, just to heart way too much, you know? Me, me too. It's I mean, just, like, it's too easy to turn into AJ in season six. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, what does this all mean? And it's like, I got to tell you, I'll be the first to tell you, it means nothing. Pretty much nothing. You're yeah. going to, I mean, growing up is looking back every couple of years and being like, damn, I was stupid back then. Yeah. But you want to have done stupid, fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I keep thinking back, I'm, you know, like all the stressful day at work and think back to like how quote unquote stressed I was at whatever job I had at that age. And yeah. it's like, I had nothing to worry about at yeah. all, you know? Um, so do that, stay up late. Cause someday you just literally physically will not be able to do it. Um, I, I would just say yes to as many cool things as possible. And, uh, and watch the Sopranos a lot. Watch cool movies and read cool stuff. I mean, definitely, you know, just, have, I don't know, just be cool, man. Just wear wear be cool. shoes, do yeah. laundry, you know. Like, oh, <laughs> learn to cook. Yeah, that too. It's it's awesome. Learn learn how to cook. Spend a little time, especially if your parents are going to pay for shit for you to eat at home. Mm -hmm. You can probably get them to buy shit for you to make like buffalo wings or something and you <laughs> won't have to go out and blow your money. Yep, which and, is like uh, still my go-to cooking thing. Whatever, how hey, many, you got, many years you got later. pretty good at it. I, I did, you're, you're 30, but <laughs> you figured it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is going to be the best sum of your life, and it's not going to be too hard. And just yeah, uh, don't get a job at Blockbuster. Don't just don't do anything AJ does. Yeah, <laughs> perfect advice. All right, perfect advice there. All right, airdrop in the mic. Again. Okay. Uh, all right. I I think we covered the weight as usual. We could go on for hours and still talk about it. Um, but for now, we're gonna we're gonna call it quits. I just want some wings now. Yeah, Let's same. Go. Um, so we have more questions. We'll get to next week. But of course, mm -hmm. keep sending them to us. And and as you can see, we're very good at life advice. <laughs> so I think we fucking nailed it. To be yeah. honest, like we should be charging for this. Jacob, you're gonna do fine. Um, all you right. don't know that. <laughs> well, I think he will. I think if he's listening to this, he's already on the right path. I would I would say it signifies the opposite, but... Okay, maybe not. I don't know. Terribly inappropriate for a 17 and a half year old. <laughs> <laughs> he could be 18. I think he's 18. Please be you 18. You can see an R-rated movie, which doesn't matter anymore. Um, Your parents right. let you listen to this podcast? <laughs> uh, we will be back next week. And yep, 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 uh, yep. as usual, uh, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes. Write some ratings on iTunes. Uh, they can be good, bad, or anything in between. Yeah, they my can mom be keeps rating us amazing to uh, lewd, <laughs> but amazing. <laughs> and uh, We matured a little bit. She here thinks we could hit the big time if we stopped saying fuck so much. Oh, come on now. Everyone says that. Um, all right. So this is No Fucking ZD. We will see you next week. Okay. He okay. just grinned and shook my hand. No was all he said.